0: everybody. Welcome to a Retro Encounter mini so on the game Root Double Before Crime After Days Extended Edition. That's a mouthful. It certainly is. <laughs> I am uh, I am David Tesnovich, and I am here with my good friend Robert Fenner. Hello! And uh, Robert has not actually played Root Double Before Crime After Days Extended Edition. Um, I did a re- review for this visual novel. It's up on RPGfan.com. If you'd like to go read that, um, but Robert is familiar with uh, a lot of this director's previous works and uh, related visual novels, and uh, I would like to talk to him about whether or not he should play Root Double.
1: Sounds good. <laughs> so, um, what's your uh, what's your experience with uh, director Takumi Nakazawa's uh, previous games?
0: Um. I played, I think, almost everything uh, that he's done so far. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I played, well, I think it's, I played Ever 17, Remember 11, um, IO, and now Rue Double. Um, I hmm. did not play Never 7, and nor Riven 18.
1: Yeah, I don't think he was involved in that one.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I think that's just Uchikoshi on his own, but that one looks really good.
0: I'm interested in it, yeah. Hmm. Um, But I think your experience is pretty similar, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I've played Ever 17 and Remember 11 and IO. Um, I I think all of these games have some very, very interesting ideas, but I think they get a little bit too bogged down in... uh, some of the more dare I say unimportant slice of life aspects or just very, very long meandering conversations that don't seem to go anywhere. Um, And i kind of feel like the bad kind of outweighs the good some of the time. I feel like a lot of editing would be in order to make these more appealing and playable to me in particular.
0: Sure. I absolutely agree. Um,
1: But I think they do have very, very good ideas and I like I like what they're setting out to do.
0: Definitely. Um, to be really reductive, I'd say it's a little too anime. Yes. It gets bogged down in its tropes. And, um, I don't know, like a lot of the, the pathos that's really common in like subpar anime, it really doubles down on those elements. And I think tries to make them good in a really earnest way, which is a little endearing. Hmm. Um, but I, I, don't think that, uh, I don't think that totally pays off in the end all the time. hmm Um, but yeah, there's always super interesting ideas and uh if anything, I find myself more upset about wasted potential. Like like you said, they could use a lot of editing than I than I'm upset with the overall experience. Hmm. So like what are your favorites of Taku, Takumi Nakazawas? And uh what do you what do you like about him in his works? Uh I
1: like uh, references to uh, well it goes beyond references I like how he touches upon uh, thought experiments and uh, aspects of hard sci-fi and um, looking at the human consciousness and psychology and that kind of thing um, I think out of all the ones I've played I think Remember 11 is probably my favorite the, the, the body swapping uh, between the Asylum and, uh, emergency cabin. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that had the most going for it. Um, I really wanted to like IO, uh, but I, um, I got very, very tired of that game quickly for all of the interesting ideas it had. It felt like there was just too much, um, this guy obsessing over his sister and then going to his school to give the nurse a massage.
0: That's, you know... that's
1: <laughs> That just kept happening.
0: To go on a little bit of a tangent, that's not the end of it with IO. Like, I, I like that game in the end. Yeah. But, like, besides the the slice of life stuff that really got you up, worked up, um, he goes pretty deep into, like, Gibsonian wankery. Oh, really? Yeah, and, like, I liked it for a little while, but then, like, it, it gets really brought to the forefront and just like used up really quickly uh, over the course of that story. Um, But yeah, um, he, there's a lot of really cool ideas Mm -hmm. and it's, it, it's a lot like, it's a lot like pre golden age sci-fi in that Mm. like sometimes they focus a little too much on um, the instruments. um, But then, I kind of like that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, me too. That's, I feel like that's my favorite aspect. Whereas I feel like we agree the the, the weakness is kind of like when they kind of dive too deep into the characters using these like fantastic gadgets. Mm. Uh, like at some point, like you're more bought into the science and the weirdness than you are these like usual, u- usually uh, really poorly represented anime tropes.
1: Yeah. Like, uh everybody seems to love uh ever seventeen, but the thing that sticks out the most in my mind about that game was the um multiple paragraphs of playing kick the can
0: oh boy yeah and if it was just to... a little just a little bit shorter <laughs> that that game could have been served by well by being a lot shorter um well
1: okay. case in point nine 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 is um basically the same thing with uh some tonal, some tonal changes, and that's probably one of my favorite
0: uh, visual novels. As far as tonal changes go, like you said, remember Eleven was your probably your favorite of this, and I feel like out of those, yeah, yeah, I feel like it, it's l- the least representative of this director's weaknesses in terms of it, in such as that, it like has pretty good p- pacing, um, yeah, and like the the anime side of it is more regulated to just like offhanded humor. And, Mm. like, uh, I I feel like that serves it a lot better than diving, like, too deep into these, uh, like, really tropey character backstories and stuff that he does in games like Ever17 and, as you're about to find out, Root Devil. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, um, Root Devil is... uh, Okay, so there's a kind of a private government city in... The middle of japan and uh it has like really high level scientific research and as such they have a really advanced nuclear facility that powers this uh like project civilization um okay and so that really uh like i bought in that really quick and uh like you're familiar with like the tips section in pc visual novels boy am i Um, so I've never really dove too deep into them before, but Mm. like there was consistently things like I felt a little ashamed of my ignorance, but like a lot of the times when they were talking about like the dangers of nuclear radiation and like how nuclear radiation is, um, measured and like the instruments and like the effects, like I was pretty ignorant to a lot of that stuff. And like the tip section from the tip section, like I feel like I kind of have a vague understanding of like the Chernobyl disaster. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah, it gets like there will be like a couple pages and like they'll just like use something simple like uh, millisieverts to deliver like a small little factoid about like a real life disaster just so you have a reference point.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, and that was really and that stuff like hits really early in the game. And that like I was really brought into that really quickly. And uh, the one of the protagonists and the one that like the default first route, he's a emergency worker and well, he's an amnesiac rescue worker who <laughs> lost his memory in the middle of a rescue operation in the middle of a meltdown in, in a nuclear facility. So that's like a worst case scenario, maybe. probably. Uh, yeah, for sure.
1: It, it, um, he, did, has he le- lost his memory in the middle of if this meltdown or is it something that happened before the story started?
0: Oh, no, it's in the middle of this one.
1: Is oh boy! The,
0: the start of the game is like, all right, we're going in, guys. Okay, the stuff is going down, and then he has a confrontation with a like an antagonist character, and then he like comes out of a uh, like a short coma thing. Or I guess it's just a he passed out. Um, yeah, yeah. And he he wakes up, and that's basically the start of the first round of the game. Um, that's a very strong start. It is, and it's a really good uh really good reason to feed the player all this basic information about the disaster going on. So there's not, like, that dissonance there.
1: I know a lot of people feel that amnesia is a hackneyed, but um, I think this sounds like a very, very interesting way to employ it.
0: Yeah, and the the pseudoscience in the game really supports the way the amnesia happens. Um, Like, it doesn't feel like it was just, like, it's not a bump on the head thing. Okay, good. Yeah, so that's cool. But besides just, like, the, the nuclear disaster, like, uh, there's a lot of really hardcore firefighting stuff. Like, a lot of, like, uh, Inferno's rolling over and backdrafts and, like, every, like, weird thing that fires can do. Or, like, uh, oxygen-deprived air. Like, is, like, stuff that I've never really thought that hard about. And, yeah. It's just really cool and interesting. And, like, that's, I guess, that's a really common theme with Nakazawa and with Uchikoshi, who, besides sharing a director-writer role, have co-written before. So I assume that they share, they've they share, shared a lot of notes?
1: Yeah, I would imagine so.
0: But they really like to just grab from a bucket of cool ideas or, like, interesting things and just, like, add them as small details in the overarching story. Yeah. Um. So in this case, it's going to be a lot of uh, nuclear radiation stuff and firefighting stuff, and both of those were really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, if nothing else, you can't say that these guys didn't do their research because boy, did
0: they. <laughs> okay, so a little further on in the story, it's slowly divulged to this amnesiac rescue worker that there are um, telepaths in the world, and like, it's it's something everybody else understands. It's it's been around for like a little more than a full generation. It's about I, I want to say about forty years old. The science of telepathy. Um, and that's explained in a really cool, basic, like, really understandable hard sci-fi way. Like, to the point where you sit, you literally will sit through lectures about, um, basic particles, like, elementary particles, and, like, the way the information is carried between these particles to another mind, and, like, the differences okay. between a mind and a brain, and, like... Just all these details of it that really make it cohesive. Um, that
1: That's was, quite an unusual. Look at that kind
0: of thing. Yeah, that was one of the most remarkable things about this game by far. Like, um, it, it a lot of that stuff is interwoven with um, in in another route. It's interwoven with some teenager slice of life stuff. But like at that point in the game, like I wasn't playing for the character development, and I wasn't playing for the slice of life stuff. I was playing. For the class, that the lecture that the character wouldn't get to sit through. Um, okay. All yeah. that, all that stuff was super, super cool. Man, a lot of like, I'm sure you would expect like a lot of quantum theory. Um, they really, really flirt with four-dimensional beings without quite going there.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Again.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's um, it's weird. These guys have kind of made like new tropes for the medium of visual novels.
1: Yeah, yeah. This, these all of these themes—they've uh, come up in in pretty much all of the uh, all of the works that I've played by uh, Nakazawa and uh, Uchikoshi.
0: Sure, and it goes a lot deeper than that. So, in this facility with the nuclear meltdown and all the fires, and uh, there's actually as an aside, there's this really cool like fictional drug that these characters have to. Occasionally apply so that for an hour they'll be immune to a great deal of radiation effects. Oh, um, that's if really. If only cool. it worked that way. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Maybe one day. Uh, the I think the excuse was really like uh, nano machines. They they break it down. Oh. <laughs> yeah, which I guess is fair when you're talking about breaking down radiation on an organic level. That that's I uh, I don't know I don't know how else I'd try to explain that. But yeah, there's nine people locked in the facility. And okay the facility's locked down for about nine hours <laughs> it's and like the same disaster or a similar disaster happened in the same facility nine years prior
1: does this sound like anything we've heard before
0: it I like at when that info dump was given to me I literally googled to double check that uchikoshi did not write this game and yeah. I I went through a lot of internal struggle. Like, is he ripping them off at this point? Or... It sounds a
1: little bit strange to do that, especially after the success of Zero Escape.
0: Yeah. I do but it, want...
1: It's it's not like they're not friends. I mean, they just collaborated on a visual novel last year based on the anime punchline. So, I mean, it's it's not like they're not talking. So, right. Um,
0: yeah. And ah. like like I said, they, they've probably been sharing notes for a long time.
1: I guess so, yeah. So but uh, I, that that seems a little bit too flagrant. I'm not sure how I feel about that.
0: I also I, I wasn't sure about the source because I found it through a Google search on an, like an old BBS. But um, some people were saying that Root Double was written mostly by New Blood authors, and then Nakazawa worked as an editor and director. Okay. Um. So I kind of that made me wonder more. Like, is Uchikoshi just that? Um influential in the medium that like this kind of thing is just going to be a trend for a while. Yeah. It's, it's fine because like that, that stuff, that part of the execution is fine. And if you played the game support, it, it's a little bit of a side eye. Like, are you really doing that again? Like, and yeah, the nine characters, like nine, nine, and zero escape, they're based on the, the Enneagram personalities. They do implement that in a much cooler way. Um, They're more direct about it, which is, I mean, a plus and a minus. So what sort
1: of characters do we have, for example?
0: So, like, there's, like... they, they, They straight out, like, give a title to each part of the Enneagram. Like, there's the Reformer. There's, like, a guy who, like, thinks the institution of this, like, scientific research community is messed up. And, like, he... Wants to go to any extreme necessary to make sure that the situation is reformed, as they can move forward in the research of telepathy. Uh. So that's really cool. Um, and then there's like uh, the individualist, who is like the uh, actually I think that's the amnesiac, um, because with his memory, like he's kind of a, a lone wolf guy. And the amnesiac version is actually a lot nicer because he needs help and doesn't know what's going on, so that throws okay. the character down, off. Like that's a that's a pretty cool uh relationship that they established with the Amnesiac thing too. But it's I mean, it it's what you expect. Um there are all the the personalities of nine and nine and like they're not they're all kind of uh overmen in their own way. Like they, they all have their own very very well thought out personal goals for the situation at hand. And I see. Like, yeah and like there's no dude who just like wants to be a dad. like there it's very it's very real very personal the, the it's like,
1: a, like a number of strong characters coming together in this yeah, crisis huh
0: okay exactly, yeah um that's really nice um I, I do f- feel like Nakazawa's good at that kind of thing um hmm. even if he dives a little too deep into the characters but yeah the the, the telepathy angle like the the way they dive into it, um, it's really sometimes it's really really specific, and like you feel like you're fully understanding um, telepaths in this society, and like the way they're viewed, and like the way they come to terms with their powers, and it's kind of got like I guess like an early days X Men vibe in a bit of a way like people come to terms with their their power set or whatever.
1: They treated quite badly by the rest of society, or are they just having a bit of an inner struggle?
0: It's it's both. Uh, okay. Because, like, there's also, beyond telepathy, there's also empaths, and empaths can, like, read your emotions, read your mind, and even regular telepaths are generally set off by that, because their empaths are so much rarer, like, it's a higher level form. Oh,
1: wow. Okay.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, um, even, like, amongst themselves, they're sometimes sometimes fighting against one another, and they seem to largely group in the scientific research communities because of the social environment around them. Like they, they think if I can just be around people like me, I'll be a little bit safer. And like, there's that whole heaven have nots kind of give and take. Yeah. That was kind of a theme in IO. It and sounds I,
1: like it's doing quite a, quite an in-depth and unusual thing uh, in regards to that side of it.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's also like a really, really well produced game. Um, the music is gonna be really familiar if you're familiar with his other works, because it's consistently the same composer and it, it it is exactly what you expect, but it's also not bad. Okay. The background art though is like I thought it was like remarkable. Uh it's all really super high res and like I mean I have I have a pretty good display that I was playing this game on and uh I was just like constantly wowed. I would always be turning off the dialogue window just to like stare at the background art, like just the, the scenes of destruction and like the weird high tech facilities and stuff, everything. And there's a lot of it. There's a
1: lot of nice use of color that I've seen in the, um, in the screenshots that accompanied your review.
0: Yeah, they really, it's, it's not what I was expecting to be looking at given the set. It was nice. No, no, that was kind of one of my favorite parts of the experience. Um, I don't know what that is. Like, but it reminded me of uh when we were talking about Juniper's Not, when I said like a visual novel can never really have enough art. Mm. Like this game I feel like was almost there for me. Like it the the character designs were something else and I was not a fan, but the background art was like amazing. And it would change with the times of day and you'd get like a new piece of art and I'd be like, Man, this place looked great during the day, but it still looks really cool lit up. Oh, that's great. It it sounds really dumb and simple, but stuff like that, when you're essentially reading a book, I feel like that adds so much, because I would always much rather see a picture than have like a paragraph of descriptive prose, and I know that's probably just my tastes, but that mm-hmm. I guess that's what you come to a visual novel for.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, all that stuff being said, um, Root Double does fall victim to all the same uh, weaknesses that this director has always had. Like... Ever17 is a great example of repeating scenes that you just do not need repeated. Like, sometimes word-for-word rehashings of an event, Um, Mm. sometimes it would be just delivering the event from a different character's perspective. And it's like, at some point, you can just write it well enough that I understand that character's perspective without you telling it to me directly later on in the book. Hmm. That was really upsetting to me. It, it almost felt like it was insulting my intelligence at some points. Um, That's
1: the issue that I have with many of these titles. And I don't know whether it's just to fill space or if they really aren't giving their audience enough credit and are just trying to drill this over and over and over again into your head. Um, I find it very frustrating as well, as I, as I can tell that you do.
0: <laughs> it's It's the thing it's there's so much ill will built up every time you sit through one of those repeated scenes i feel like that's the primary feeling you're sometimes left with at the end of these visual novels
1: i mean if it's important and you don't want your reader to forget i would think that's what the tips section is for as you know like a a little portable codex that you can refer to at any time so i don't know instead of just repeating the same Dialogue or scenes over and over and over again, just put like a little summary that you can refer to if you want to, and then I'd feel that everybody would win.
0: <laughs> I'm actually super glad you, you brought it up that way because it actually still does that.
1: Oh it, gosh,
0: it will repeat the scene, and after the repeated scene, give you the tip section entry. And like, because I was so happy with the tip section from early on during the, the nuclear meltdown, I was trying to keep up on it and like trying to make sure I wasn't having any. Uh, new entries just sit around unread. And like yeah. when eventually they would just be rehashing a rehashed scene in the tips section. And like sometimes they'd give you like a couple more words of description and like try to pass it off that way, I felt like. And I I do feel like it's a filler uh thing, or I guess I like, I hope it's filler. Um, yeah, more than it is just assuming that I'm I'm I can't remember stuff. I don't know. It's really... This wouldn't fly in a regular novel, so... (laughs) Right, exactly. So, on that note, uh, beyond repeating scenes, they would frequently give you scenes to serve the exact same point that many scenes had before. Like, you already understand why, like, Character X became a rescue worker. And like you understand like specifically the event that probably started to make them think about it. You have found out about when they started training to be a rescue worker. You know what it was like for them to train and to eventually get the job. You know what their early days were like in the job. And they will still go back and give you more scenes regarding their feelings about being a rescue worker, just in general.
1: The sandwich he ate for lunch that day and his wife forgot to put the mayo that he likes and and he had a, a sadness in his heart and
0: yep but i but i'm still a rescue worker in my heart and that's what drives me like i know <laughs> i know buddy i'm i'm glad you understand um yeah so just and they do that for literally every single one of the nine characters like they're it's just beating a dead horse to to, to death again yeah um dead horse yeah, yeah, it came back to life, and they killed it one more time. They this got... is
1: a repeated problem that I've been having with this medium, uh, and it's not exclusive to the works of uh, Nakazawa. And it, it's yeah, it, it, it's why I'm now that I'm older and that I have less time. I'm kind of starting to have a little bit less time for visual novels that do this, um, and I prefer an experience that's maybe a little bit shorter but gets to the point. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, on that note, I, I played through um, the first two Zero Escape games earlier this year.
1: Yeah. And, um, the
0: first time. No, no, I replayed them. Ah, uh, okay. Um, just when the the third one started getting exciting, um, mm. and it was uh, it was a bit of a crawl. I I really liked in VLR how you don't have to go through any wasted scenes. Like you can Absolutely, always, yeah. You, always are in a new scene in Virtue's Last Reward. Mm. and that's uh that's really nice, but I still felt like it was a little too long
1: I feel like it's not as egregious uh but it does it does a few too many flashbacks mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh nine 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 similarly had the same problem, but I think I forgive that one uh because a full playthrough of that game uh just you know to from start to one of the endings is several hours fewer than you know playing the entirety of Ever seventeen, for example, Ever which is it's like a twenty or thirty hour affair, if I remember correctly. It's been years I, since I played it, but I remember just sitting there for ages.
0: I, I remember it took me at least a week of that being the only thing I did for fun.
1: Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Gosh, uh, I I did forget to mention the way you make uh, decisions in Rude double is really novel. Yeah, tell me about that. So, uh, as I said, the characters are in the nine points, the Enneagram personality and they represent it graphically in the form of a geometric shape. And so you pull a point from the shape from the center out to the character. And like the closer you are to the character, the the more sympathy you are, you have for that character. And so they'll always present you with this graphic instead of just presenting you with a list of choices. And it'll range from stuff like if you only have, uh, or if you're short one vial of, the nuclear radiation suppressant. Um, Like, whoever you give the least sympathy to is going to be the character that your protagonist doesn't support to get the bio. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's harsh. Yeah, it is. And there's, like, more standard group choosy stuff. Like, when you break into a group, like, the the characters, like, if you're breaking up into groups of two, you'll know that beforehand, usually. And you'll say, okay, I want to team up with this person. I want to get a little more backstory on this person. And that's kind of cool. It seems really superficial, but when you get to that graphic and if you think about it just like without trying to gamify it, I feel like that's a really cool way to present how you're changing the story as a player.
1: It's definitely different. And it sounds like a much more appealing way to handle that than, for example, um, the phone trigger in Steinsgate, where you Ah. select the text messages. I think that was similar kind of sentiment let's make our choices uh illustrated in a different manner but i felt like that didn't work as well as i would have liked it to um and this sounds like a much more uh enthralling way of handling that
0: i feel like it's so close to being a revolution like yeah like, seriously like sounds uh, brilliant well in practice it's not as great as it should be um <laughs> It's because, like, after doing it for so long, like, you will see the outcome before you ever do your input. Um, ah. And there's a couple... It's very few, but there's a couple that are super finicky, so it's, like, a scale of, like, 1 to 9. 1, 8 or 9. And, like, there were a couple that were, like, you have to specifically hit 1 and 7 on these two characters. And that was frustrating. Um, they were very few and far between, but besides that, a lot of them were... Uh, too transparent. Like, you would see the list in your mind when you're setting up this graphic. I feel like if they did a little more, like, or actually I would say way more subtle things with this, that it would be just, like, really revolutionary for visual novels just to, like, here, interpret my emotions about these characters into action for the story. Uh, That's a really, really cool idea and almost nailed That's sharp, yeah. The last thing I really want to talk about is the Extend chapters. Um, yeah, what what exactly are those? So, when you get the true ending in Root Double, you unlock the Extend chapters. And there's, like, a couple really cool canonical ideas in the way they, like, represent, like, the perspective that these chapters have delivered to you. And that just feeds back more into, like, the, the um, telepathy and weird science fiction stuff that I was talking about earlier. That was really cool. Uh, but in practice, once again, it was just rehashing like the, the essence of these nine characters, mm. which I guess if at the end of this game, you're looking for some omake, it's there, but like, it's really not anything other than that. Um, and I, like in a game that already did not need filler, like it, <sighs> I think the most upsetting thing is like, there was one route that had like a really cool character development. Yeah um and like that there were eight others that you would just sit through and be like okay i remember this or oh i could have imagined the scene happening without it being delivered to me directly but sure okay um Mm. so i don't know i know what you're saying about visual novels like i don't know how to go forward with this medium i'm really excited about zero escape three yeah same here um dongan rap is all right
1: dongan rap is pretty good um There's a Psycho Pass game coming out this fall. Looks pretty neat.
0: That could be cool. Um, Yeah. Did you... uh... Wow, I'm getting off base here. Did you play Chaos Head?
1: Uh, I played quite a bit of Chaos Head. uh, And I thought it... I I really loved the start, and I really loved the hateable uh, protagonist, the... Uh, visual novel otaku who lives in a shipping container and just talks to his dolls all day long I thought like oh my god I can't believe that a big visual novel is doing this this is great Um, and then when it just turned into um, sexy ladies pulling swords out of the negative space uh, Mm -hmm. and pseudoscience about like visualize the sword with your mind I I kind of I'd had enough at that and I didn't end up finishing it
0: yeah um, man, so I, I it's think such a strong start. <laughs> I, I just want to go back. I just, I thought of that game because, like, that's another thing I feel like was really kind of ruined by being too anime. Mm. Um, I was, I was actually having like my my first ever uh really severe bout of social anxiety when I started playing that game. And yeah, through identifying with that unlikable protagonist, I started mm. kind of seeing how weird and stupid and neurotic I was being. And that was, like, a really important experience for me that devolved into anime Sword Ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see why that would be very disheartening. Uh, Yeah. But, like, it's, it's, it's still, like, a hugely important game to me. Which, in the same way, I guess Root Double will always be close to my heart because, like, it really did teach me a lot about a couple non-fictional things. Yeah. And, like, for that reason, whenever t- every time I think about them, it's gonna come to mind. That and uh, actually, right after I finished this game, I started reading um, some some of the actually lesser known Frank Herbert stuff. Oh, I, really? Yeah, okay. I feel like a lot of there's a lot of shared DNA between some of the things he says and like some of the things in Double. And hmm. I I feel like he expands on it properly and delivers it properly, but when I recognize those ideas, like every single time, like it gives me a little more affection for Root Double in hindsight.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's very sweet.
0: <laughs> Thanks.
1: The,
0: uh... I'm always thinking about you, Root Double.
1: <laughs> Japanese game developers seem to love Frank Herbert.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to see that now.
1: Uh, I, uh, I I read Dune for the first time uh, late last year, and um, it surprised me how much it was like Sweet Coden
0: oh i didn't I didn't see that but yeah okay I,
1: I there's even there's quite a few character names reused and um the the whole um the whole conflict between uh, the atreides and Harkonnen reminded me a lot of um certain conflicts in Suicoden one and two in particular
0: man that's a that's a really cool perspective on that that makes me like those games more crap yeah. man I was really okay with hating Suikoden. Forever. Um, Well,
1: the first couple are okay.
0: It's it's hard. We're so far off topic, but it's hard to see. (laughs) It's hard for me to see past the translations
1: in those games. Oh, they are really, really bad. Which I I concede. There.
0: By the way, Root Double. Well, its translation I feel like is mostly on point. Like there are some blatant grammatical errors that. Well, they didn't really affect my experience. I would just always just kind of raise an eyebrow at. Mm, this the, is
1: Sakai Project, correct?
0: Yeah, there would just be like punctuation in places that punctuation had no place being in.
1: Yeah, I've played a few things that they've uh, translated, and I've had similar similar complaints that it made me give a little side eye to, a side eye to the game.
0: It's yeah. Well, I guess. This one's different because, like, this game is on Steam. Like, I know you said this on Trello, but, like, this... Or, no, no, it's on the boards. You said this game's on Steam. It's legit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might
1: guess even be, might, be, might even be on Vita in a year. Who knows?
0: Yeah, they say it's supposed to. Um, mm. I guess that's a that's a good note, though. Uh, like, this game is on Steam. It's not unreasonably priced. It's it's more than you'd spend on a book, but not much more than you'd spend on an audiobook. So... I think that's fair.
1: What is it, um, about, 30,
0: about $30 or so? It was 30 when I bought it. I'm not sure if that was a permanent mm. price.
1: Um, it's, it's about £25 pounds over here.
0: Digital, digital goods don't have a weight, Robert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I kind of still feel good about my purchase just to kind of support more visual novels being translated and being released officially. I think that's a great thing. Um, and I would love to see, uh, Riven 18 come out in the same way.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, um, the team that translated this were working on that. So, um, maybe if this is successful, they'll be able to do that in an official capacity.
0: I was actually, I was closely following these guys before they went, uh, legit and, yeah. Uh, According to their progress page, right before they went legit, they'd totally finished the Riven Eighteen translation. They're working on quality control. Okay. Um, and then they stopped because they apparently got a, a deal to go uh, professional legit. And yeah. Good for them. I'm I'm happy about that.
1: But um, if I mean, I guess the other issue is I think that the original publisher of that game uh, may not exist anymore. So um. I don't know what that means for uh Riven to come out in an official capacity if there's nobody to uh sign those rights to
0: man that that sucks that i'm
1: makes... not I'm not hundred percent certain on that, but i think I think that's a kid game, and I don't think kid exists anymore
0: I think you're right on both accounts uh man that that would mean that these guys going legit actually lowers the chances of me ever playing that that sucks <laughs> oh. Oh uh, uh, well,
1: uh, we can always learn Japanese.
0: I, I could. You're right. <laughs> it's, it's,
1: it's, it's hard.
0: So I hear every day on Facebook, I see someone complaining about learning Japanese. It's uh, yeah. it seems like it's hard.
1: hard and it's expensive, and I, I can't afford to do it at the moment.
0: <laughs> um, oh, you'll be fine. I think. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, do you have uh, anything else about Root Double you want to know? Curious about?
1: Um, I I think you've pretty much answered all of the questions that I would have had. Um, it sounds, you know, your your review wasn't glowing, but it sounds like you, in hindsight, you've had quite a quite an enjoyable and positive experience with this game. Would you say?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, my my pull quote was something about the only thing it needing to be great is proper editing. And like, mm. I feel like if you know that going in and you're just willing to just click through some scenes that going into, you think, uh, I don't know if I need to read this, like just click through them and it will probably be a really good experience. Okay. Um, I didn't want to do that because I knew I was doing the review and I wanted to like give it a really fair shot all the way through. Mm. And that's, that's the biggest thing I regret about Redouble. double.
1: <laughs> are, are the Diverging paths quite wildly different Or do they all kind of Marry up again halfway through As in some of these games tend to do
0: They're actually Aside from very rare Instances not very Different at all like they, oh. they Almost all dead end Into a bad end like immediately uh, okay. The upside Of that being the dead the bad ends that I saw were really good
1: um, I'm a big fan of games with loads of bad ends.
0: Remember Eleven had some really good bad ends, too.
1: Yeah. Can, but, can you give me a spoiler example of a few of your favorite bad ends?
0: Sure. So the amnesia guy, when you are him, uh, there's a point where paranoia overtakes everybody else, all the other survivors, and they tie you up in a storage room and with no uh, medicine to delay the effects of the uh, nuclear radiation. So you're tied up there, and the bad end is, like, him thinking about being tied up. And his whole thing was, I'm not going to use the capsule. I'm going I'm to save it for them, and that'll prove my innocence in retrospect. Um, and then, like, I think it's, like, six hours or something like that, he starts to get sick. And, like, eventually one of the characters comes in to release him and then immediately dies. And, like, he goes out and, like, kind of checks the wreckage of what's happened to everybody else. That was really cool. Like I'm really into paranoid fiction. There wasn't much of that in Rude Double, but there was uh, some really good instances of it in the bad ends.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a good one.
0: It was it was pretty hot. Uh, man, yeah, that was actually one of my favorite moments of the whole game was that bad end.
1: Yeah, that's not, that's that sounds like no shoujo. That's one of those kind of awful, awful endings.
0: It was it was it was pretty much the worst. And like I I can still see in my mind's eye him walking around with this full ampule, being like, guys. Guys, does anyone need this? What's going on? Why do you have bullets in you? Like, what happened?
1: <gasps> oh, severe.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know we talked uh, pre-show a little bit about how this guy also uh, worked on one of the one of the releases of Killer Queen. Yeah. One of the problems I really had with Killer Queen was bullet wounds didn't mean anything. Um that really upset me. Like, people would just get shot and, like, be walking around fine because it's a scene later. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah,
1: nothing really seemed to mean much in Killer Queen, I've got to say. I was short of, like, being completely blown up.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no,
1: nobody really suffered for any of the tense uh, and violent situations they got into.
0: So, no. Yeah, Root Devil does represent the gravity of things. Like, there, there's, like, a couple guns... In the facility and like they're both really big deals and like the the effects of the radiation like carry on through that with that character throughout the course of the entire game like it's oh cool yeah lots of lots of really cool carefully planned stuff it it doesn't always pay off as well as it should but it's satisfying nonetheless hmm
1: i guess my last question would be how long is this game
0: oh gosh uh <laughs> Uh, longer than it should be. I gathered that. Way shorter than IO. Man, I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. IO was way too long for me. It's, uh... It's... Hmm. Hmm. I I screwed up my my Steam clock on it because I, I fell asleep a couple times playing it. Uh, happens to the best of us. I want to say probably, I would guess, 30, 30 hours.
1: Okay, that's not too bad.
0: It was, uh... Yeah, it should have been like 20, I would say. Mm. But yeah, it, if you ever play this game, Robert, I I kind of kind of suggest you do, especially if it ever goes on sale. And just like if when you see a scene coming on and you're like, I think I know what's up. Just trust in yourself. You do. You know what's up. Just click <laughs> through the scene and you'll still enjoy Brute Double. Um, probably more than I did.
1: I gotta say, I, I think you may have sold me on it. Um, I was very, very interested when I heard this was being localized in an official capacity, and um, then I saw uh, who was involved in it, and then I got a little bit uh, a little bit um downhearted, but speaking to you about it, it sounds like it does a lot of neat things that are worth the ride. Uh, and I'm not sure if I'll pick it up right away. I might wait for that Vita version because I really, really like playing mm. visual novels on the go. Uh, but, I mean, if that doesn't materialize or if there's a particularly enticing sale, uh, I may pick that up sooner rather than later.
0: I would, I would suggest thinking about the PC version because, I don't know, those, that background art on my my big old monitor was pretty yeah. pretty nice. Okay. Um, but yeah, having it on the go would be nice, especially when you're just clicking through something that sucks, um, which is not all the time. All the cool ideas and double everything that interests you about it is explored in full and is really cool. It's the stuff around it that sucks.
1: Okay, well that's that's good to know. That's important to me anyway.
0: Yeah, it's got really high highs. I'll say that.
1: Cool. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I uh, thank you for sharing.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Robert, for listening to me talk for an hour. That was beautiful. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning into our uh, Root Double Before Crime After Days Extend Edition discussion. Uh, We've been Retro Encounter. We have been a Retro Encounter minisode. Uh, me and Mike of a new game. Of a Well, this game technically came out more than a year ago, which is uh, the cutoff line that Josh Curry drove. Uh, okay. So, yeah, it is a 2014 game. So here we are.
1: Um, those, uh, those halcyon days of long ago.
0: And it'll run on your retro computer, I bet. That's a plus.
1: Now th- now that is what I need.
0: <laughs> so please uh, come check out the Retro Encounter thread on our forums at rpgfan.com. And uh, you can check out our Twitters if you'd like. I am Davy underscore Kaze. That's D-A-V-I-K-A-Z-E.
1: I'm uh, Misanthrobob. I won't spell it out. You can find it. Um... You can see me talk about games and sandwiches and stuff.
0: Well, have a, a lovely evening, Robert.
1: Well, have a lovely morning. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs>